It's unnecessary roughness. Josh Jacobs, the lone tailback. Carr, looked like he bobbled the snap. Throws the slant. It's caught. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He bobbled the snap, got it off anyway. And for the second straight week, Devontae Adams has a silver and black touchdown. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. That was the sounds of week two right there from the 2022 season. The Raiders hosting the Arizona Cardinals and what sounded like at that point was probably going to be a Raiders victory and they were going to be 1-1 one one on the season. And then it was 20-0 at halftime and at that point it still felt like it was going to be a Raiders victory and they were going to be 1-1 one one on the season. And then the second half happened and they lost the game. And it went from being hot in here because Nelly was performing and everything was great to what in the world just happened? So hopefully there's not a lot of those this upcoming season. But that was a, a nice little highlight. You heard the voice of Jason Horowitz, the Raiders play-by-play voice. Uh, the nice little highlight there from that game, too, in the 2022 season. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, coming off the heels of JT the Brick Show. And I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, I'm coming in hot. And you're probably wondering, okay, Q, well, why in the hell are you coming in hot on a Monday? There was no practice, so you're not fired up because you saw a whole lot of great practice today. You know, maybe maybe you're fired up because you weren't out at practice and soaking all that sun in, so you got a little bit extra energy. No, it has nothing to do with any of that. And normally I wouldn't even start the show like this, but I just got to take you behind the curtain. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q, unless someone has a great name that they'd like to sponsor it. And hint, hint, and I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. But we'll just call it Studio Q for now. That's fine. I walk in the, the door. And the wife is working from home today, too. So she's got the, she's got the option to work from, from the home office or the office office at times. And so she decided to work from home today. And I walk in the door, Ari, no joke, and all I hear is E-40. You and that. You and that booty. Remember, and, remember, and all I can think back of is the hip-hop DJ in me. All of a sudden, I drop my backpack very carefully because I got my uh, laptop <laughs> in it. So I drop my backpack, and I start – is facing and getting a little dance on and everything. She's like, uh-oh, I see you. And all of a sudden, I just had a moment. So it's like I came in hot because E-40 is the soundtrack to what I got in my head right now. So all I can think of, and I know I guarantee for the next three hours while we're here on the radio show, all I'm going to think about is you and that booty. You And I'll tell you, I've said this story before, and I might as well, since I've gone down this rabbit hole, I might as well go ahead and start the show off with this story. When I was in Fresno at Q97, I was the music director. My man E-Rock, who actually E-Rock is here in Vegas now as well. E-Rock sent me, this is when Tell Me When To Go it just came out. So Tell Me When To Go was huge, right? Well, he sent me an email, said, Q, 40's got some more tracks that are dope. You got to hear them. And he sent me you and that before anybody else had it. KML didn't have it. Wild 949 didn't have it. B95 didn't have it. No radio station had it. And he said it to me. It was like, you got to hear this track. So I heard the first few like bars of it and I knew it was a hit so I told my my program director hey man we gotta put this on the radio right now like I want to debut this right now I got this hot new track I want to break this record nobody's gonna play it before me let's get it on and he said have you listened to the whole thing yet I said no he said do you know that it's clean I said well my man E-Rock sent it to me of course it's gonna be clean (laughs) so he said well let me listen to it real quick I said all right so I run back in the studio man I'm hyped I'm about to debut this brand-new E-40. Ain't nobody heard this one yet, right? I'm, I, man, I got the biggest head ever. Like those big hats that they have, I, I could have worn that big hat and probably my, my head wouldn't have fit in it at that point. Man, he comes back in a couple minutes later. He's like, Q, you definitely did not listen to this song, right? I was like, no, what do you mean? The whole thing was dirty. 
The whole thing was dirty, so we had to spend like two hours cleaning it up because anyone who knows E40 UNet understands there's some lyrics in there that we can't sing on the radio. As much as I wouldn't mind, we can't. And, man, that was the lesson right there. Never put something on the radio without listening to it. So, anyway, when I walked through the door today, as I walked into the, to the house to get to, the, to the, the home studio, and the wife had E40 UNet on, I was like, oh, today is a good – I felt like Ice Cube. Today is going to be a good day. <laughs> right? If, if the wife was jamming E-40, she said that she found it was on a 90s throwback uh, station on either Pandora or Spotify or whatever the case may be. And I was like, okay, okay. And then a little bit later I heard some biggie. So I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone. I'm just saying. I'm good to go. All right. So I, whatever happens in the next two hours and 56 minutes, I may not be responsible for it. Blame it on E-40 or the wife, actually. I'm blaming it on both. Blame it on E-40 and the wife. It's a toxic workplace over there at the <laughs> Studio Q. Hostile workplace, <laughs> Studio Q. No, it's going that down. That actually so. sounds like a great workplace. That no, I, it is. It wanna. is. Anytime you can walk in and you have uh, the soundtrack of E-40 going on, you're good to go. So, yeah, that's, that's, Clean that's a good thing. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so we're in a good place, Raider Nation, as we roll in on this Monday. Uh, there was practice all weekend long. There was no practice for the Silver and Black today. There's no practice for the Silver and Black tomorrow. They'll be back at it Wednesday. And then the 49ers come into town on Thursday and Friday for joint practices off on Saturday. Then we're back in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday for the first preseason game of the season. That's wild, right? Just to realize that I feel like the season just ended not too long ago, and now all of a sudden we're going to be talking about an actual game. It's a preseason game, but it's a game coming up on Sunday against the 49ers. And what I think is going to be real important is the game will be good. There's a lot of talent that's going to be on the field. The Raiders have a lot of young talent that will be displayed. But, man, those joint practices on Thursday and Friday, that's what it's going to be about. You'll be able to learn a lot about this Raiders offense, You'll be able to learn a lot about this Raiders defense by what we see on Thursday and Friday at the joint practices versus San Francisco 49ers. And the good thing for the Raiders, what I love about their offseason or their training camp schedule, not only do they have these joint practices with San Francisco, but then next week they got joint practices with the, with the Rams. So you're going, you're going against others, right? You're going against other teams, which is what they want to do. They're tired of going up against themselves in, in, in camp. They had to give Max Crosby the day off on Sunday. They called it a correction day. They had to give him off the day, not because he did anything bad, but because he was wrecking everything that they were trying to do. Max has been going 150 miles an hour the whole time. Like, he knows no other speed. He, he was uh, in a little passing session, and he was, going, he was going from the field to the cool box just to get his temperature right on Saturday. Walked by me, said, how, how, hey, how you doing? I said, hey, I'm good. How are you? And he's like, Psh. We're going to be good. And he might have used a word or two that I can't say on the radio, but he let it be known that we're going to be good. So what I've seen so far, I guess I tell you all that to say, what I've seen so far in the last few days as we were talking on the show on Friday when I was at the, uh, the Ultra Pool inside the Sahara Lounge, we were talking about the defense, and I said I want to see them continue to stack. I want to see them continue to go out there, fly around, and, and look like they, they're having a good, you know, a good uh, communication and understand what they're doing. Friday and Saturday, the defense definitely won. Sunday, as I mentioned, was a correction day, so I don't look at it as a winner for either one, either side of things. But the defense looked good on Friday and Saturday. This whole week is going to be interesting. Thursday and Friday, I cannot wait to see what they look like against that, uh, that 49ers team coming in that has a lot of talent, and especially with the Raiders' offense since it's been struggling, what the offense looks like going up against that 49ers defense. So we got a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, really excited about the guests that we have, as I'm excited each and every day because we have great guests on this show. Bridget Condon from NFL Network, she's going to lead us off. She was actually at camp on Sunday. And the funny thing about this, Ari, I totally blew it. 
If you ever, if you're ever in that zone and wonder what would Q do, just go. Like, just do it. Don't hesitate. And I normally live by this this creed. Uh, I always think about my my old program director, David Smoke. I always think, what would David Smoke do in this situation? And I just react. Well, Bridget was at training camp on Sunday representing NFL Network, and Coach David Shaw, formerly of Stanford, who also works for NFL Network, I usually have him on the show during the draft, but he was there as well. So camp gets started, and I'm standing right next to him. Like, we're literally standing next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder, and it's only us two, and we're watching practice from a certain angle. And then the rest of the media members are kind of further down. They kind of all grouped up together, and I kind of spread out a little bit just because, well, I, just, I wanted to check out something specific. So I start talking to him, and he knows me. It's not like, you know, I'm a stranger and he's a stranger. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get him for four or five minutes real quick. I'm just going to do an interview. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to knock out a quick interview, see what he's looking at as far as a former coach talking about training camp. He's been through training camps, obviously in college, but also through the NFL. His dad is old man Willie Shaw, right? Used to be the Raiders defensive coordinator back in the day. So, I mean, he, he knows what he's looking for. And I really wanted to ask him because Coach McDaniels had mentioned during the media session on, on Sunday morning that it was a correction day. So I wanted to ask him as a former coach, when you're having a correction day, what is, exactly are you looking for? Like, I know what that means to me, but coach to coach is different. So I wanted to ask him that. So I thought, and this is what, what, where I got in, in trouble, I thought. Instead of just going, I should have just done, I thought. I was like, well, I'll, I'll let him watch practice a little bit to actually be able to, you know, see what they're doing and be able to comment on it. And then I'll get a, you know, four or five-minute interview with them. I'll just record it on my phone real quick like I'm, I'm known to do. And then, boom, bring it back to the show on Monday. We'll be good to go. So I let, I, I let him get away, stupid, and – I didn't go do the interview, and then he jumped on TV, and then practice got wrapped up, and we had to go back to the media room while him and Bridget were still there in the, in the practice area, and they interviewed Max, they interviewed Devontae Adams, you know, talked to Coach McDaniels, did all that stuff the NFL Network does, and they do a great job, but I couldn't get back there after I went to the media room. So I completely blew it. I shouldn't have – you know, you study long, you study wrong is what I always say. I, I studied too long. I, I, I thought too much. Instead of just – letting him watch practice and then get, catch up with him, I should have just gone for it. And I would have got it, and it would have been great. But I didn't. So I, I've literally – Ari, I've been beating myself up about this since yesterday. I told my man Vegas Jess and Jason, we went and uh, had a couple drinks and some food after, after practice was over, and that was one of the first things I told him. was like, dude, I totally blew it. I'm so, I'm so angry at myself for that. You uh, pulled an Ari, actually. No, 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 no. <laughs> you still would be standing there thinking about it. What's the difference? Either way, you missed it because you were thinking too much about it, and that's yeah, the point. Yeah, you're don't right. don't say what would Ari do. No, <laughs> no, no. Do? I never want to say what would Ari do. <laughs> or actually, but... maybe next time you should say what would Ari do. Whoa, let me not do that. Let me right. just get right on this interview. <laughs> I'm gonna stop thinking right now. Right, exactly. Let's do the good opposite. Advice. Trust my me. My homeboy used to say <laughs> that. Or actually, I used to say it to my homeboy. I used to say, "Hey, man, what direction do you think we should go? I think we should go left. All right, I'm going right. You know what I mean? So, yep, I'm that right. guy for you. Yeah, exactly. You could be that guy, but. Don't worry, Bridget Condon's going to join us at 2.30 from NFL Network. As I mentioned, she was at training camp. So we'll talk to her, get her thoughts on what she was able to see. And, you know, obviously they're on a camp tour 
which is we've had a lot of people from either ESPN, NFL Network, whatever the case may be, on a bunch of these different training camp tours. And so uh, Bridget's great. She's good to catch up with, so we'll catch up with her at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders camp, what she thought when she talked to Devontae Adams, what she thought when she talked to Max Crosby, who, like I mentioned, was off on Sunday but still came out and met with the media. So all was good. It was just a scheduled day off, just like it was a scheduled day off for Jimmy Garoppolo. Coming up at 3 o'clock, our normal Monday guest, Ed Graney, from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and also the RJ. He's been out there at practice each and every day. We'll get his thoughts on what he's seeing from the defense, what he's seeing from the offense. Is it time to panic? Because Jimmy G's not having the greatest days, seven interceptions in two days. I know that doesn't sound great, but, you know, you can look at it two different ways. Uh Uh-oh, time to panic. The offense isn't clicking. Or, hey, the defense is really coming alive. And so I'd love to see – that kind of intensity, I'd love to see that kind of, you know, ball, ball production from the defense when they're playing against another team. But we'll talk to Ed Graney, all things Raiders, coming up at 3 o'clock. And, of course, the 49ers are rolling into town this week, so I got to reach out to someone that covers the Niners, right? We'll do this multiple times this week. But Bonte Hill, my guy, 95-7 the game. He does the morning roast uh, there on the, the radio station in the Bay. He'll join us to talk about the 49ers. And I just want to get an early thought on them and really just ask what they look like in camp so far. Obviously, the big storyline is the quarterback position. Brock Purdy is health. You know, he's on one of those pitch counts where it's basically one day on, one day off. Is he going to come off of that sometime soon? What are the expectations? What does he think that the 49ers will be looking for in this joint practice against the, four, the Raiders uh, this, the, at the end of the week, Thursday and Friday? Uh, you know, what's going on with the defense now that they have a new defensive coordinator? They have Steve Wilkes as opposed to D'Amico Ryans. You know, how does that look? Does that change the game? Even ask about old friend Cleve Farrell, right, who's now part of the, the 49ers. So we'll talk to Bonte coming up at 3.30 about the 49ers. And like I said, we'll uh, talk talk a little 49ers multiple times this week as they're they're rolling in, but closer to when they actually get here on Thursday and Friday when we'll talk, you know, about what's going on at practice. So those are the guests that we have lined up. Bridget Condon from NFL Network at 2.30. Ed Graney from the RJ and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas at 3. Bonte Hill, 95.7 The Game, will join us at 3.30. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. We got winning on the way. We're going to get you uh, registered for those four tickets to an Aviators game. The Lotus Summer Fun is still going on, and this week – we're sending you to the Big Easy. That's right. We're sending you to New Orleans. Five days jazzing it up in New Orleans, including a show on a riverboat, swamp tour of an airboat, and $1,000 spending cash. So you want to go to New Orleans? Who doesn't want to go to New Orleans? I love New Orleans. I always said New Orleans was probably my favorite city outside of Vegas. And may have, maybe even be my favorite city because I feel like it's a little cheaper than Las Vegas. So uh, New Orleans is a fun place to go. When Baylor was there playing, playing Georgia in the uh, Sugar Bowl, when Matt Rule was the head coach of Baylor, I owned New Orleans. I feel like I conquered. Like, my name should be on Bourbon Street. You know what I mean? Like, when, when they have, like, a food-eating competition and, and someone wins it, they put their name up on the wall, I felt like my name should be on Bourbon Street. Because every single night, I don't know how we did it, but me, Paul Catalina, and I think Matt Mosley, we basically shut down, oh, and our guy Curtis from the TV station, we basically shut down Bourbon Street every single night. When the street sweeper came out to clean up the street, that's when you know it's late. We shut that place down every single night, walked back to our, our hotel, and then got up about an hour or two hours later to do a radio show. And that's how we rolled. I couldn't do that today. <laughs> I don't know how I did it that day. <laughs> but uh, somehow we were able to pull that off. That was right before the pandemic happened, Ari. As a matter of fact, that was in 2020. I remember thinking that that was going to be the greatest year of my life. Like we were going to have, we were gonna have the Sugar Bowl to, for New Year's. Remember, it was New Year's then too. So we were in New Orleans for that. 
Then the draft was supposed to be in Las Vegas. That obviously got canceled because of, of, of the pandemic. And then, oh, and the Super Bowl was in Miami. So it was going to go, look, this is how it's going to go. New Orleans, followed by Miami, followed by Vegas. That's a sports guy's dream to go on that three, those three road trips right there. That's what we were going to do in 2020. Well, we all know what we did in 2020, which wasn't a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> That's what you get for thinking. Oh, here you go. Here you, <laughs> you go. You thought but it I, was going to be great. Hey, look, look I thought I shut down <laughs> Bourbon Street, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's the Lotus Summer Fun for this week. We're going to get you hooked up, send you to New Orleans for five days. Uh, you're also going to have a show on a riverboat. You're going to get a swamp tour on an airboat and $1,000 spending money, but you've got to take that first step, which is getting qualified for the four tickets to the Aviators game. So we're going to do that. Of course, big shout-out to Gettle. Uh, Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. They're sponsoring the whole thing. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. It's G-O-E. TTL. So big shout out to Ghetto Air Conditioning and Plumbing. We also have sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels from over the weekend, Marcus Peters, Nate Hobbs, Jacorian Bennett. Man, we got so much coming up on today's show. Very excited about everything that we got going on. So let's go ahead and let's do it. Let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So it's funny, man, talking about the defense and seeing with my own eyes what they've been able to do, I I feel like I know what Raider Nation is thinking when I say, man, the defense is looking good, man, the defense is making plays. I feel like a lot of Raider Nation is kind of gun-shy to say, ooh, okay, maybe they're getting better. Because, again, I understand, as a lifelong Raider fan, been there, done that. Right? How many times have I been excited about something that's going on only to be disappointed in the end? And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen right now, but I also don't want to provide and fuel a false narrative that might not be there. So the question, and I actually have a couple of the questions for you today. The questions that I want to bring to the table, first of all, what do you need to see or hear about from this Raiders defense that truly feel comfortable that they're going to be good this year, that they're going to be that, that part of the team that this team needs to, to complement what the offense could potentially be. Now, the offense got their own work to do, right? <laughs> After what I've seen from Jimmy the past couple games or a couple days, he's got some work to do and the offense has got some work to do. Jacoby Myers has been quietly killing camp. He has been doing a hell of a job. Anyone who wondered what Jacoby Myers was going to bring to the table, be happy. That dude has been killing it. Hunter's been killing it. Devontae is Devontae. Uh, I think there's a lot of elements to like about the offense right now, but Jimmy's got to get on the same page. Clearly, he's not. There's still a work in progress. But, again, I throw the question out there. What do you need to see or hear about this Raiders defense to really feel comfortable and say, okay, they're taking that next step? And I'll tell you, when Max Crosby told me that we're going to be good, he had that look in his eye where I ain't going to doubt him. <laughs> right? I'm not going to doubt him just because. And then another, another I don't want to say discovery, but another thing that came up over the weekend that made me feel good about this Raiders defense is Marcus Peters. The addition of Marcus Peters – has meant so much more than I thought it was going to mean, at least as of right now. And what do I mean by that? When Marshawn Lynch joined the Raiders, I thought, oh, man, this could be great. This guy is a better running back than Latavius Murray. He's going to hit the hole harder. He's going to help take this team. And that was 2017. He's going to help take this team to the next level. And then when I heard what Marshawn Lynch was saying, and, and look, full disclosure, I was in Texas at the time. I wasn't at practice each and every day, so I didn't see him and what the practices looked like. But it felt to me... And anyone could, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, if you feel like I'm wrong. It felt to me like when, Mark, uh, when, uh, when, when Marshawn joined the Raiders, it was a Marshawn thing. It wasn't about trying to make this Raiders team better. It was more like, hey, I'm Marshawn Lynch, and I'm part of the Raiders now, and I'm from Oakland. I'm going to play with the Raiders before they leave Oakland. It was more about Marshawn as opposed to – and I like Marshawn a lot. 
I like him as a player. I like him as a, a person. I love his personality, as many people do. But I felt like it was more of a this is a Marshawn thing instead of a Raiders thing. With Marcus, when we talked to him on Saturday, and we've been asking to talk to him for a while, Paul Gutierrez has been doing a great job kind of peppering the Raiders with like, hey, can you make Marcus available? They made him available on Saturday. And I'll tell you, man, from what he said, not only is he there to continue to play football, continue to you know get a check, obviously, play for a team that he grew up as a fan of, being from Oakland, being from West Oakland. Obviously, he's a big fan of the Raiders, his family, big fan of the Raiders. But he's also there to be a teacher, a, a, a mentor, a leader, right? And, and that's something I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I knew what he had in him, what he was capable of, but all veterans don't want to be want to be mentors and teachers and, and give the tricks of the trade to a young guy because what are they going to say? Well, ultimately, I'm training you to take my job. That's how most people feel. Hell, I know when I was in Fresno at, at Q97, I was a music director, and this, this, this young stud came in. He wasn't even a young stud, but this young dude came in, and my boss was like, hey, Q, show this guy how to schedule music. And I was like, wait, hold on, Doug. <laughs> hold on, man. If I show him how to do my job, then that, what does that mean about me doing my job? So, I mean, it's just natural. Right? I mean, who wants, to, who wants to train their replacement? Not a lot of people. You know, so we hear that a lot of times. You know, and a lot of times we'll, we'll ask, as media guys, we'll ask an older player, like Brian Hoyer, for example, hey, how much is it your job to go and coach up Aiden O'Connell and get him ready to go? And he's accepted that role. Like, he said he wouldn't be playing in the NFL anymore if it wasn't for Coach McDaniels. Right? He wants to play in the system that he knows with someone he's comfortable with. And his job is to also be a coach out there. As a, you know, as a player. But everybody doesn't sign up for that and say, I'm accepting that role. Marcus Peters is all about that role. And the way I've seen Ja'Korian Bennett and Nate Hobbs, and you'll hear from all these guys throughout the course of the show, the way I've heard them talk about how much he's meant to the team already, I don't think there's any coincidence that they're flying around, knocking the ball out, getting interceptions. I don't think there's any coincidence at all. Trayvon Merrick has showed up to the party, right? Somebody that I've questioned quite a bit. Raider Mac, shout out to you. You know, the guys that we've questioned a bunch on the show, all of a sudden on Friday, Trayvon Merrick is breaking up passes. On Saturday, he's intercepting a pass. All of a sudden, he's, like, coming around. And Marcus Epps is helping him out. And now you see Ja'Korian Bennett and Nate Hobbs and Marcus Peters out there as basically starting corners. If the season started tomorrow, if they had a game tomorrow, that would be the starting corners right there. There's no doubt about it. It would be those three guys. Now, of course, the season doesn't start tomorrow. They've got plenty of, of time before it actually gets started when they go to Denver. But – those, those guys, you could just hear when they talk and Marcus talks how much he loves being that open book, as he called it. He loves being that sponge. And I feel like I really do that there's no, no coincidence that all of a sudden this defense is starting to, at least in the back end, the secondary and the safeties, starting to fly around and look like they're a little bit more confident because of the addition of Marcus Peters. And that when he signed with the team, I remember throwing the question out there, what do you think he brings to the table? Well, leadership was saying that people – called in and chimed in about. But leadership is major for Marcus Peters. So to answer the questions, as I'll get things started, I do want to hear from you. Again, what do you need to see or hear about this Raiders defense to truly feel comfortable that they're going to be good this year? And then also, how much do you think the addition of Marcus Peters has helped the other guys in the secondary with confidence and just go out there and get it done? So the questions I got, the answers I got, one, I want to see it in joint practices. Once I see it this week in joint practices with the Niners, and if it if – it, duplicates and replicates itself with the Rams, I'll feel pretty comfortable, right? I remember there was a time when, when uh, I came back to the radio station and said, man, Max Crosby looks fast. 
Max Crosby all of a sudden looks like he's playing at a faster speed. And guess what? He was, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden he, he ended up being, you know, having a, a big-time season. That was the, the year that Unique Ngakwe had joined the team. So I do want to see it in joint practices to really feel comfortable saying that this team is taking that right step. I want to continue to see takeaways. Would-be sacks. We've seen a lot of would-be sacks, and not only just from Max Crosby, but others. And then on plays that, you know, teams do make catches, like the Niners are going to – they're going to have positive plays on offense, but just not big explosive plays, not big, you know, like busted coverages or, or contained being busted. Those are, that's what I'm looking for. Like, so it looks like that they're just going and, and playing fast as opposed to thinking and reacting and getting burned. That's what I want to see from the defense. And honestly, when it comes to Marcus Peters, and this is what I thought of on Saturday after we talked to him, I feel like he's got the opportunity to be what Gerald McCoy never got the opportunity to be for the Raiders. When Gerald McCoy joined the team in 2021, he was that guy that was telling people what to do, how to line up, what to look for with, with foot placement of the offensive line. Like, I thought Gerald McCoy was going to bring a lot to the table for the Raiders that year, and I still think he would have, but he only played in one game. The first game of the season, he hurt, he hurt his knee, and he, he, never, he never played again. Matter of fact, he ain't played since. He's done. So he was coming off of major injuries that he had before and looked like he was going to have an opportunity. And I really thought Gerald McCoy was going to be a big-time leader for the Silver and Black. It just never, it never materialized. That's who I think Marcus Peters has an opportunity to be, just the same as that guy, only for the secondary. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's hear from Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? Big Q, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Everything's well, I hope. Same here. All good and bad. I hope with this meet Peters, I want to see more sacks, and this will help. If they, have, if they take more time to get rid of the ball, we'll get more sacks. And it's Dominic Sue. Is he still out there? Because I'm telling you, if Al Day was still alive, he would have signed that big boy. Hall of Famer. Take care. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, Mitch. And, yeah, I mean, look. The, the, I've said it so many times, the, the secondary and the defensive line, they go hand in hand. They work with each other. If the defensive line gets home quicker, the cornerback's job is better. If the cornerback can cover a second longer, then the defensive line's job is that much easier. So Marcus Peters brings that to the table as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like against, uh, against another team, someone that wearing a different jersey. But it feels like, and I don't want to fall for the banana in the tailpipe, it feels like this defense has an opportunity to be a lot better than what we've seen in the past few years. And Marcus Peters is a big role and has a big role in that. But I do want to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R, so com text sign. You can use that to respond to the question or give a question that you have for our guests that we have whenever we have a guest like we have coming up next from NFL Network, Bridget Condon. If you have a question that you'd like us to pass along, you can do that as well. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. It's still kind of a little, you know, surreal. Just like I was in high school watching those guys and just, you know, kind of being here, going against them, like him talking to me. You know, like when he first talked to me, I was kind of, you know, a little starstruck. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but now nah, he's a cool dude, you know, uh, giving me a lot of motivation, just kind of helped me out. And so, but yeah, I definitely appreciate him. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Right there, you heard Raiders' fourth-round pick, 
Ja'Korian Bennett out of Maryland talking about Marcus Peters and just what he's been able to do and how he's been able to help him so early on in the process through 10 days of training camp. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Speaking of training camp, somebody that was out at training camp on Sunday joins us now on the phone lines. That's Bridget Condon from NFL Network. And, Bridget, thanks so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. It was great to see you and Coach Shaw out there at practice. How has the training camp tour gone for you guys so far? Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to see you guys. I think it's been, like, I don't know, six months since I was out in Vegas. Last time I was there, I had a coat on. I forgot that – that was not necessary <laughs> come <laughs> August. Um, it's been fun. It's been really good. I'm heading out to Cincinnati tomorrow. I'm going to do some joint practices. Bengals have the Packers in town this week, so that'll be good. Just getting to see everyone so happy. This is my favorite time of year, right? Because every team you go to, they're in a good mood, right? Yep. So uh, expectations are high for all 32 teams, and it was great. Coach Shaw, oh, my God. Like, I had never worked with him before. He is somebody to root for. You know those people that are just good people? He was awesome, had some great insight into the Raiders, and really rooting for him going forward. Yeah, he's awesome. I always love catching up with him. Usually it's around draft time, so it was great to see him and see you out there as well observing practice. So Max Crosby didn't practice, but he did catch up with you Mm -hmm. guys following practice and was able to talk. And this dude, I feel like that they had to keep him out of practice on Sunday because they were trying to correct some things, as Coach McDaniel said, and Max has been wrecking. He's just been wrecking <laughs> practice. What did you get from him as, just far as his intensity and how people might think this defense is not going to be good? And, and he's telling everybody that will listen, this team's going to be good. You know, I hope Coach Shaw doesn't get mad that I say this. I don't think he would. But once Max Crosby got up from the set yesterday after we had interviewed him, Coach Shaw looked to me and said, I would give anything for 53 of that guy. And I think that's just speaks to the person Max Crosby is both on and off the field. He was really focused. And what is so great about him is he's so sure of himself, right? I had to ask him the question about uh, the quarterback, the documentary, that episode where he's kind of given Patrick Mahomes a little, you know, elbow a little bit throughout the whole game. And then Patrick yells at him like, you woke up the wrong guy. We asked him about it. And he was like, I love that. I love that people are, you know, so interested in this because, That's the reaction that I do every single day. I do it at OTAs. I do it in practice. It doesn't matter who I'm playing. I'm never going to stop being who I am, and he owns it. And I think that is the kind of player, kind of leader that this Raiders team really needs. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show, uh, going up against Michael Mayer and Mm -hmm. that baptism to the NFL, what he, you know, is kind of teaching these young guys on the other side of the ball. Maybe they don't want to learn it, but – it's going to make his, his offense better, right? When you go out there and you're finally going up against another defense, you go against Max Crosby every day in practice, you're going to be ready for other guys out there. Yeah, no, you really are, and he's been intense, and he's been, as a matter of fact, ever since training camp has opened up, and even before that, I mean, he's been training since January, and you could tell that that's just who, who that guy is. He's always intense, and he's ready to go. You guys also had an opportunity to catch up with Devontae Adams, and I found it pretty interesting, and we're actually going to listen to some of the audio after we talk to you, but I found it so interesting that he was so, as a matter of fact, about Josh Jacobs, and mm-hmm. he's not happy that Josh Jacobs is not there. What did you think that that kind of means when a leader like Devontae is really standing up for his guy? Well, I think Devontae Adams, you know, I, I didn't want to put him in this position, putting him on the spot, having him, you know, diss the organization or anything like that, which I think he did a really respectful job, like you mentioned, of kind of playing both sides. Because, look, this is a guy that's been in the league a long time. He played with a guy as good as Aaron Rodgers. He knows how this goes. He knows that it's a business, but he also was sticking up for his friend a little bit there too, right? Saying, you know, I'm not happy that he's not out there with me, calling him the best bag 
back in the league last year, but also saying that he's kind of been talking to him in his ear, playing devil's advocate. And, you know, I think he said as much as he could without all of this backlash or heat or, you know, everybody has an opinion of what's going on, right? And I really think the only people who know what's going on are the Raiders and I don't even know if Josh does, you know, it's right. his agent that it's really dealing with this and we'll never really know what those conversations have been like. So uh, to hear someone as talented as Devontae Adams talk about this guy being the best back in the league, I'm mad that he's not here. That speaks volumes. And I think it should show the Raiders if they haven't seen already when, you know, Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing, led multiple categories last year for the Raiders, you know, having someone as good a player as Devontae Adams speak that highly of him really should show you the value that Josh Jacobs brings to this team. You know, it's funny, listening to what he said, you know, he, he said, you see how we play. We run the ball, and we need a dog to run the yep. ball, and, and Josh Jacobs is that dog. I mean, again, it's just they they have talent and they have leaders, including Marcus Peters. I'd like to add him into the mix. He's a, a, a leader as well now on this team. With that kind of leadership, Bridget, how much do you think you can, they can help kind of the young guys along I... and learn the NFL? I'm so sorry. So I'm the backup anchor today for our inside training camp live, and they just lost their uh, live shot location. So I have to go on TV right now. <laughs> Handle but, it. Um, I, you know, would love to continue this conversation either after uh, three o'clock or tomorrow or whenever you can. Yeah, no, we will. Go do your thing. Get on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. I, I'll Bye. talk to you. Appreciate you. There we go. Bridget Condon. Hey, look, that's how we roll. Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She's got to go jump on TV. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I appreciate her giving us a few minutes of, of her time this afternoon, and we'll catch up with her a little bit later. That's how it goes sometimes. When you got to do what you got to do, you got to do what you got to do. So uh, good stuff right there. I feel bad, Ari, because she felt she was like felt bad. Like, Don't feel bad. Like You're doing us a favor, right? You're, no, you're, coming, on, you're coming on the show. That's professional of her, honestly, to, to just to be truthful. I heard some weird noise or some intercom or something in the back right yeah. before us. So, I, yeah, I, was, I actually made it. So, you look. already knew. You were up like, on something's game. going on. Your Ari senses were going off. Yeah, you know, I'd be overthinking sometimes. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at that. But you know what? That's fine because that segues into what we were just talking about on the show with Bridget, and that was the sound of her and Coach David Shaw. And, man, that's the other thing. I was melting every time she said Coach is, is so oh, insightful. <laughs> Man, that was – I was like, damn it, you don't have to tell me that. I already know. But, you know, again, it is what it is. I missed my opportunity because, well, I missed the opportunity. But her and Coach Shaw uh, was able to talk to Devontae Adams and, and talked about Josh Jacobs. And I thought this was really some in insightful stuff from Devontae. Check it out. I mean, you see the way we like to play the game. We like to run the ball. You know, you got to have somebody back there that's a dog if you're going to give it to them, you know, over 300 times. So, um, you know, not having them right now is obviously something that I'm not happy with. But, um, you know, we, we got to keep it going as a team and, until we figure out that piece. But uh, obviously he's a, a huge part of this, this team and this offense. He's a, he's a really good leader. And um, obviously he, was, he played like the best back in, in the league last year, which you ask me, he is the best back in the league. So, um you know, it's, it's tough not having them in, at this uh, at this part of the, you know, training period, trying to get ready for the season. But, you know, we'll see what happens down the line. But uh, definitely, definitely a big part of this team, you know, in the past. So hopefully we can figure something out. Have you talked with him? You guys are pretty close. You know, what what have those conversations been like? Yeah, we, we, we spoke a lot. I mean, it, you know, I've definitely been in this corner trying to, you know, get his mind right, help him out with this process because I've been in the same, you know, similar shoes, um, you know, my, my time in Green Bay. So. It's, it's not easy to, you know, 
push forward and, and make decisions when you don't feel that that true um, you know value is from your from the organization like they don't value the way that you see yourself so I understand that part but I also try to get them to understand the you know the, the other side play the devil's advocate a little bit so um, I've been in his ears a lot of things we talked about some most things I can't obviously talk about on NFL Network but um, you can do it he's my, <laughs> I appreciate the permission but I'm gonna have to opt out of that one but uh but, yeah, just trying to get his mind right and, and, and coach him through it as, as well as I can. Devontae Adams really cutting for Josh Jacobs right there. I thought that that was really good stuff, right? Devontae is all world. He's the best wide receiver in, in, in the league as far as I'm concerned, right? And if you want to argue, okay, fine, he's top three, <laughs> right? Uh, and number three ain't, ain't him as far as I'm concerned. So I think he's the number one wide receiver in the league, whatever the case may be. He's been doing it for a long time. But for him to be – you know, really backing Josh Jacobs and saying what he's saying and being very, as a matter of fact about it, without being disrespectful to the organization. I'm mad that he's not here, but I'm also playing devil advocate, right? I'm playing, I'm letting him know the other side of things as well. And so I just think that that's important. Also talking about, you see how we want to play. We want to run the ball. And that's no disrespect to Zamir White. That's no disrespect to Britton Brown. That's no disrespect to Sincere McCormick or any other uh, running back that they have on, 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 the, on the roster right now. But they ain't Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs was the engine last year. So, I just, again, I thought that that was really important that Devontae came out and talked about Josh the way he did with NFL Network. And then you heard, Ari, what Coach Shaw said about Max Crosby, right? That's a promo, by the way. (laughs) That's a promo, by the way. You know, that I wish I would, whatever she said, I would, you know, give everything I could to have 53 of him, right? I mean, and and that's that's just what it is. That's the reality. The dude is setting the tone in camp, and he's setting it in a major way. You know, he's getting under some people's skin. They're, they're having a little pushing and shoving here and there. I saw Andre James, you know, kind of get into a little something-something with him. You know, seeing Jermaine Illuminor kind of be, you know, talked, talked uh, to by him. I think he's just setting the tone, trying to toughen everybody up and get them going, right? So at some point, these guys are either going to be all in line and do what they have to do, or maybe you even start to see them push back a little bit in camp, and that's okay too because that just knows – that, hey, they're, they're getting at that level. They're getting ready to go and do what they got to do. But, uh, yeah, really good stuff right there. Uh, sorry it was abbreviated with Bridget, but, hey, look, she's got to go jump on TV. She's got to go jump on TV. So uh, we'll catch up with her uh, maybe a little bit later on in the show, maybe a little bit later on tomorrow, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll make it do what we do. We got Ed Granny coming up at 3 o'clock, so uh, we're good to go with that. But we do want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. What do you need to see or hear about this Raiders defense to truly feel comfortable that they'll be good this year? And then also, how much do you think the addition of Marcus Peters has helped the other guys in the secondary with confidence and belief that they can go out there and do it at the level that they are doing it? Matter of fact, let me go ahead and check on the don'tbebroke.com text line. We got a text from Dave B. in the 757. He said, Q, I'd love to say that we need to see key newcomers like Byron Young and Tyree Wilson getting game reps and the defense getting some turnovers in the preseason to be comfortable with the defense in 2023. Not that simple. I think that if the defense can keep us close in those first two road games of the regular season and give us a chance to win, that's when I feel like we have something in 2023. I think that that's a really good one. Those first two road games are not going to be easy. I know Denver's not the team that you know they want to be right now. They're not the end-all, be-all, and the Raiders have had a lot of success with them, but it's on the road, first game of the season. So they've got to be able to – the defense has got to be able to do what they do to keep the Raiders in it and allow Jimmy G and the offense to go and win the game. Buffalo, obviously that's a different animal. They've got Super Bowl uh, thoughts. I'm not saying that they're a Super Bowl team, but they've got Super Bowl thoughts. And they've got a quarterback in Josh Allen that a lot of people believe should be in the running for the MVP each year with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Again, 
That's a lot of people's conversation. Not necessarily mine, but I know that that team is really good. So, yeah, I think that they will have a really good test. That's a great point that you bring up on the text line. They have a really good test in the first two weeks of the season. Big Dub Raiders said top two, not number two. Hashtag Devontae. Go Raiders. I'm with you. I'm with you, Big Dub. Shout out to Big Dub. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm good with that. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray said from the reports, you all got me starting to buy in on the defense. If we get a good rush from the interior defensive line, Max Chandler, Tyree Wilson will eat and the whole defense will go to another level. I want to see that rush against the Niners, especially against the Broncos. Need to set a tone early in the year. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And thanks for the, the text. And that's the thing right there. From all the reports, like he said, from the reports, y'all got me starting to buy in on the defense. I'm starting to buy in on the defense as well, but I'm trying to cautiously tiptoe into that. Like, I don't want to deep dive into the water thinking I know how to swim, and I'm only, you know what I mean? Like, like when you go and do swim lessons, they figure out, okay, you're good in the shallow end, but not the deep end. You're good in the, in the, in, in the, in the shallow end, but not the ocean. Like, there's levels to this game, right? I don't want to go just jump into the ocean knowing damn well I can't swim in the pool. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I got I to gotta know my limitations, so I'm not trying to get – crazy right now I want to make sure that we're you know that 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 what we're seeing is what we're actually seeing and that it's not a mirage and it's not just you know the failures of the offense so that's why I'm trying not to get too high on it but what I've seen in the first couple well last couple practices looks pretty good from the defense especially creating turnovers and finding a way to uh to to break up balls so uh, all that's on the way. We got a 69187 keyword R&R. You can continue to chime in on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And, of course, the phone line as well. And we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. I also, real quick, want to tell you about what I love about Las Vegas. Being here for a couple years, uh, I, I've, I've found a lot of things that I like. But really, local family businesses like the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Big shout out to my guy Mordecai. He does a fantastic job. These guys, they've been in business here in Las Vegas for nearly 50 years. And that's important, right? When you're looking to purchase something special and important with high quality like diamonds, jewelry, watches, all that good stuff, you got to have someone that you know is going to be around and has been around for a very long time. I don't wear a lot of jewelry, but if I do, where I'm going to get it from is the, the, the jeweler of Las Vegas. Definitely going to make that happen. It's the number one jeweler in Vegas and has been forever. Like they won award after award after award, and they continue to win awards. That's why anyone who's anyone chooses the jewelers of Las Vegas. They're the only ones who will ever Get my business. The Jewelers of Las Vegas will take care, great care of you, whether that's free sizing, anything you purchase while you wait, or lifelong trade-ins on diamonds. Whatever you need to satisfy your jewelry needs, all you got to do is check out my friends at the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Give them a call at 702-382-1234 or, real simple, go to thejewelers.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We're calling it Studio Q for the meantime. You can hit us up at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Throughout the questions, what do you need to see or hear from this Raiders defense to truly feel comfortable that they're going to be good this year? How much do you think the addition of Marcus Peters has helped the other guys in the secondary with confidence and belief to go out there and they can do it? as Nate Hobbs has shown, as Ja'Cory Bennett has shown, as Trayvon Merrick has shown, as Marcus Epps has shown. And again, a lot of the success I believe Trayvon Merrick has had the last couple practices has to do with him and Marcus Epps, the communication that they have on the back end. But Ja'Cory Bennett, Nate Hobbs, Marcus Peters, they all look like they're on the same page in practice. And if there was a game tomorrow, the season started tomorrow, that would be your starting corners right there. Nate in the slot as he was his rookie year, Ja'Cory Bennett on the outside and Marcus Peters on the other outside. Just that simple. So we go to the text line. 
This one's from Mike in the OC. He says, what's up, Q? My son and I are headed to the game on Sunday. He's 17. It's his first Raider game. Can't wait. Hope our offense can ball out. Looks like our defense is doing pretty good so far. Love the show. Again, it's Mike from the OC. And, Mike, hopefully you guys have a great time on Sunday. It should be a fun time. I actually got family coming into town, uh, the wife, my mom, uh, kids. We're all going to be at the game as well. So uh, definitely uh, make sure you, uh, you have a good time. Get there early, I suggest. Uh, Legion Stadium, go to the Coors Light Landing, hang out there. I'll be doing the pre- and the post-game show. So the pre-game show will come to you live from the Torch. The post-game, I believe, will be from the Modelo Lounge. So uh, JT will be on the call of the game, him and Lincoln Kennedy kind of doing a little Manning cast-style uh, broadcast of the game. So we're having a little bit of fun this preseason and look forward to being back at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. So thanks so much for that, uh, that text. I do appreciate you. Also got a text from uh, – East Bay Raider Gray, he said, defense is going to make some strides this year and will probably carry the team. The offense will take a step back. That's interesting. And the reason why that's interesting, I do believe the defense can make a stride. I think we're starting to see the makings of the defense make a stride. But I do think this offense has a chance to be really good. I know they've taken a few steps back the last couple practices, but I just think that's a Jimmy thing trying to get on the same page. When Jimmy gets the ball and is able to deliver it immediately – they're fine. Everything looks good. When he has to hold it and hold it and hold it, that's when he gets in trouble. And you got to give the secondary a lot of credit. There's times when he's had to hold it or Aiden O'Connell's had to hold it or Brian Hoyer's had to hold it, and I'll look at Vinny and say, that's a sack. That's a sack. That's a sack. And it's more than just Max. But that secondary, like I said, is making him hold on to the ball, whoever it is. I think that that's a positive sign, even more than the breakups and the interceptions because sometimes they just – They'll force the ball here or there just because they want to get the ball out of their hand. But when the secondary is making them, forcing them to hold on to the ball where everybody's covered up, that to me is, is pretty impressive. Now, with that being said, I think Jacoby Myers is still doing really well in practice. Hunter Renfro has still been pretty unguardable, right? But, I mean, there's, there's moments that you can't go to Hunter every play. You can't go to, you know, Jacoby every play. You can't go to Devontae every play. Sometimes you got to, you know, the play is designed some, some other direction. So, uh, early in, pra- in camp, I feel like the offense was really kind of clicking and humming along. In the last few practices, the defense has really owned it. So we'll see what happens when they get back out there on Wednesday. They've got the next couple days off. And, again, you'll learn a lot about the offense when they go up against that 49ers defense, when they have the joint practices then. That's going to be interesting because you know that even though D'Amico Ryans is not the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, Steve Wilkes is. Steve Wilkes is a damn good coach. And the 49ers have a lot of good talent on the defensive side of the ball. So if the, 49ers, if the Raiders' offense is able to look good against that 49ers' defense, then okay, then, then that's something to, to feel pretty good about. And on the flip side, if the defense is able to make the 49ers' offense struggle, and obviously there's questions about the quarterback situation when it comes to the, the 49ers, if they're able to make them struggle, get some turnovers, get some hurries, all that good stuff, then I feel like you're headed in the right direction. So thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Again, you can hit us up anytime we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What do you need to see or hear about this Raiders defense to make you feel like they are going to be good in 2023? And what else do you think that Marcus Peters is going to bring to the table? How much do you think he's going to be able to help these guys be confident in what they do? Ed Graney, he joins the show next to kick off hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.